This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a brand new episode of Speed Street, uh, a great podcast that we enjoy. Uh, we hope you enjoy as well. Uh, my name is Connor Daly, as you might know. Uh, Joey is is out this week. Joey Monero, my uh, my my co-host, uh, I believe he's doing family vacations in uh, and camping, I believe he said. So not really much Zoom capability in the forest or wherever he's camping. Uh, and, and we respect that. So that's going to be great. Uh, we have, uh, Ben, our, our producer here as well. Ben, how are you doing? Uh, I, I feel like you are busy, busier than us, uh, but you were able to watch all the motorsport over the weekend, right? I was, I had a good relaxing weekend last weekend. I'm doing well. Um, love road America. That's probably one of my favorite mm. tracks going to the Xfinity race there coming up. So looking forward to that, but yeah, man, big, uh, Big motorsport weekend, other than NASCAR. No NASCAR, though. Yeah, oddly enough, uh, NASCAR Cup Series, well, NASCAR weekend off, essentially, which is wild, but I still felt like there was a ton going on. Um, we're going to cover, we're obviously going to have a quick look at Road America. There's a lot to chat about there. Uh, I did Nitro Rallycross, Nitro Cross, uh, which was awesome. Uh, really, really cool uh, experience. Um, and And we've got a great guest interview this week as well. Uh, we're going to talk to the man himself, uh, Travis Pastrana. Uh, Travis is a very good friend of mine. Travis was, was a, a primary reason in, uh, in, in why I went nitro cross racing this weekend. Uh, great, great, uh, legend of the sport legend of everything that is crazy. So, uh, world record holder, crazy person jumps out of plane without parachute guy. Um, so yeah. Pretty cool conversation that we're going to have with him, um, but uh, but yeah, we want to get right into it. Um, let's get into Road America. I I obviously was paying attention. Now, it was very painful to pay attention, I will say, but I also find it, I'm able to mentally separate it, like, because I'm a fan. Like, I was always a fan of IndyCar racing, even when I, like, when I was full-time, 16, 17, 18, I was not, but I went to the races. I was there. I, I would check them out, and, and I supported my friends that that uh, that are there. Um, and obviously, I was racing myself, so I could really only pay attention on the IndyCar app, um, and then some of the stuff on Peacock too. Um, but uh, but very interesting with the new surface. Obviously, the the lap times were very fast, uh, much faster than we've gone there in in previous years. Uh, you know, high grip circuit, which is, uh, you know, which is, which is good for a lot of people, uh, and, and easy to make mistakes on apparently. I mean, we saw, we saw countless accidents, countless things going on that when you were like, these are all really experienced guys too. You had Alex below going off, you had, and, and Alex below's crash was big. Huge. Uh, you yeah. had, you had Scott Dixon and Will Power, their very famous accident that we all witnessed. Um, Will Power's greatest interview of all time, potentially, uh, talking about Roman Grosjean, uh, who's a friend of the show. Uh, Will Power actually might also be on our show here very soon, which would be very, very cool. Um, and then, uh, Ryan Hunter Ray as well in the number 20 car. Uh, he also crashed in qualifying. Um, very, very crazy to see, honestly, more than I expected. And I want to get it right into the, uh, Scott Dixon willpower stuff because I think that was one of the greatest things to have ever happened uh, for our sport and 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 I and I tweeted about it um, and I got a lot of interesting responses from folks um, which I will immediately just start, have to tell them directly to their faces they probably don't listen to the show but they're wrong 
And anyone who thinks that whatever Will Power was saying in his interview, whatever Will Power was doing when you get out of that car, uh, I mean, that's all justified. I, I think I look at it like this, right? Scott Dixon, that that's just a mistake, right? This this stuff happens. It, it you're trying to figure out, you're trying to stay out of people's way, but when you're off pace and and, and Canada Corner is quite a little bit blind when you're at the entry compared to where where um, Dixon was at the exit. Our field of view is not large. Uh, we do not, we cannot really see much uh, in the mirrors that we have. Um, and so, you know, Scott Dixon going directly across the track. I mean, that's just a flat out mistake. And Will Power is absolutely justified in being angry, especially if. This this sport is hard, right? And and anyone who thinks that we're not emotionally driven by what happens, and especially willpower, and and even myself, I obviously do not have the success that willpower has, but I care about this sport so deeply. And anyone who cares about it so deeply is, of course, going to be mad when something like that happens. Willpower cares about what he does so much. He cares about being the best. He cares so much about delivering for his team, Team Penske. That of course you're going to be angry when now your whole car has to get rebuilt. Your session is over. Uh, it's 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 essentially a disaster. It puts a a, a big damper on the weekend. Um, and I mean, it gets talked about too because look, there's some emotion flying around in this sport. We care about what we're doing. If you don't think that willpower being honest and getting up in Dixon's face. And and asking, you know, what the heck just went on there is justified. You're wrong, because guess what? This this happens. We people in hockey are fighting all the time because they're all competing for trying to get goals, trying to win games, trying to win the Stanley Cup football. Guess what? You get to hit each other all the time in that sport. And it's part of the game. But that's that's how you take your aggression out. That's how you do. That's how you play the game. You know, motorsport, NASCAR. NASCAR is wildly more popular than IndyCar, and I think for several reasons that we've obviously talked about on this podcast before, people show their emotion. Obviously, now drivers are getting penalized for talking about it on podcasts and stuff like that randomly, but it doesn't. It still doesn't seem to matter because if there's an accident, if there's a confrontation on track, drivers will let each other know about it, and that's what people care about. It always gets talked about. Because people love to see emotion. People love to see that you care about what you're doing. It might look silly to some. Yes. There's a couple people that tweeted me saying like, oh, you really think that like threatening to assault someone is really good for the sport? And it's like, yeah, absolutely it is. Because this people care about it. Like it's, uh, We don't have to go up and cheers each other with cups of tea after each event. This is hard. It's a dangerous sport. It's a it's a very very difficult sport to be the best at, and you have to fight for every inch and every lap. And so, I I think anyone who does not see the positive of the willpower Scott Dixon interaction, the willpower Roman Grosjean interaction. Now I'm friends with all those. I, I like all those guys. You know, we've had Grosjean on the show before. I don't know what Grosjean did to to you know to willpower to 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 make that reaction. But like I've wanted to say that about several people all year long, right? I don't think I really have the, uh, you know, the the um, ability to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's just, it's part of the sport. Ben, what did you think when you saw? I mean, you must have immediately thought, first of all, hilarious interview. Second of all, incredible for the sport, right? You thought, hey, this might be a little bit of a, a little bit of excitement. And I know pulling one out from Joey's cards, he loved that because he always talks about he wants more emotion from willpower. He wants more interviews like that he wants to have actual rivalry so i was all for it i went straight to twitter and i loved every single reaction from anybody and everybody and even the re the resurfacing of the double bird i i didn't realize i don't know if you saw oh, that but great. somebody slowed it down yeah. and it was on there which i completely missed but i want to point out too how hard that contact was because there's that concrete barrier right there and oh yeah do you, do you feel that like obviously you don't have the safer barrier there but does that feel harder i know he was okay but like from a driver's perspective how hard was that crash for him well i mean the concrete walls are always the worst it's, yeah it's tough for sure so um i and th that's part of the reason why you know willpower uh, i mean i mean it was anytime, destroyed the, i mean th those yeah, cars I mean, were destroyed both cars yeah yeah i i i think you know 
it, it makes Sports Center. It gets talked about on ESPN. I mean, you have to understand. You have to open up your mind to what could could make this sport more attractive to people. And it's showing emotion. It's it's making uh, you making you want to cheer for your guy or making you want to defend your guy. If you're if you're a big Scott Dixon fan, you're like, oh, like I'm gonna defend him. That's good. Like all of these things. If Will Power got out of that car and just walked away, yeah, we would still discuss it because, like, wow, that was a crazy accident. And Will Power, if he in the interview said, well, you know, uh, tough day for the, you know, the Verizon Chevrolet, uh, but everyone's going to work on it and it's going to be back. Of course, you know, cross your T's, dot your I's. Yep, great, wonderful stuff. But that's not Will Power. That's not what people care about. It doesn't get people fired up about watching the race because guess what was a great story on Sunday during the race? Will Power, Roman Grosjean, Scott Dixon. Like, it was a fantastic story. So, again, you don't have to have a, you know, rocket science degree to understand what is talked about in sports. What gets people fired up? What gets the attention? It's confrontation. It's emotion. It's passion for your sport. It's doing something that might be out of the ordinary. That's what we're dying for in IndyCar. So I, I, I thought it was a great display. And again, it's not like you can say those guys are idiots. You have Will Power and Scott Dixon going at it. There are literally so many wins between those guys. So no one can say, oh, well, Scott sucks. He can't say anything to Will. Will sucks. He shouldn't be saying that to Scott. It's like, uh, nope, sorry. Both of them are some of the best in our sport and that our sport has ever seen. So that is why it is good, I believe, Ben. <laughs> right. I agree. And if it's going to be broadcasted, which at practicing qualifying is on Peacock, if it's going to be broadcasted, why not use that for your promotion? You see NASCAR do the same thing. The Ross Chastain move. Anytime there's a fight, no, Greg's getting punched. It's going to use it. So why not take those clips, put that out there and push it out? Because ultimately, like you said, that's what gets people talking. I went straight to Twitter. I loved the reactions from anybody. Exactly. And everybody. So I, and I had multiple people text it to me immediately. Uh, I had a lot of people, obviously, that, you know, they knew I was busy, um, but I, I got all these clips sent to me. You know, I was obviously driving for Dry Rainbow Racing in the Nitro Cross Series, so a lot of those guys that work on that team, you know, are are, are very in tune with IndyCar because they were working at the Indy 500 on the on the two cars that Dry Rainbow had there. Um, and, yeah, very interesting overall. We we get into qualifying and the race. Um, you know, Colton Herta throwing down a big lap for the mm -hmm. pole. Um, enjoyed seeing that for him. I think he's been, uh, you know, he's been good there. Uh, the team did a great job there. Um, but realistically, you know, we're, we're going to get into a lot, uh, of, of, of the race because I think there are some very, very interesting, um, you know, battles that went on. I think there was a lot of, of talk about the driving standards, some things that got penalized, some things that didn't, um, and, and I, I had a couple tweets during the race because I was following along. I, I did make it home back to Indianapolis uh, to watch the race here. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I have – there's a lot of people that were asking questions about driving standards. Um, and, 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 and we're going to definitely – we're going to get right into that for sure. So, as we mentioned, we, we saw a few different things at Road America that I think a lot of people argued about. I think there was a lot of – uh, even today, um, we're recording this on a Tuesday, but uh, we saw IndyCar tweet out a video of Jack Harvey's start, which to a lot of people, including Jenna Fryer, who's a journalist that writes about motorsport, looked like a jump start penalty. And the the tough thing about Road America, to give people an idea, that start, they try to get us going very late. Um, so we have the field stacked up really nicely. So it looks like the way it did. But the problem is, is the accordion effect. And it doesn't matter how experienced we are as drivers. Everyone is selfish. Everyone's trying to get the jump. And with that trying to get the jump, you get on the throttle and you hit the brakes. And that only extends all the way through the field. Like if you watch Colton start, like Colton is holding the throttle very, like very as you should, but everyone behind are the one creating this accordion. And so Jack looked like he jumped the start, got away with it. But in general, most people were getting away with most things this race. And I think that has really been the standard that's been set. 
and I, and I, 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 I am not a fan of it. I, I think our racing can be more respectful. I think our racing can be better. Um, but because no one's getting penalized for, unless you like really dump someone off. Now this is, there were a couple incidents and we can talk about a lot of them, but like, uh, Renus VK, for example, former teammate, uh, you know, great driver. I mean, he, he flat out wrecked Felix Rosenquist. Like I, I doesn't matter how you look at it. We wrecked them. And Felix went way off, like way out there. Um, so again, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Like that wasn't even side to side contact, like side to side racing. So again, maybe there was so much going on to where the stewards didn't have a chance to take a look at it. I don't, I don't know. Um, but like, that's just wrecking someone. So I, what are we that racing? I don't think we are. I, I, I think I've seen plenty of IndyCar racing in my career. Like I've, I've done over a hundred races. There's been plenty of races where I've been able to go side by side with people through corners at road courses, street courses. It doesn't matter what it is. It depends on who it is as well. Um, but I think we're getting away from that. And, and I, I even saw it with Joseph Newgard. Joseph Newgarden has been a guy that I, in my career, has always raced very respectfully. And we saw Joseph Newgarden run Christian Lundgaard off in the hairpin there, turn five, uh, which is a big passing zone. And some people seem to have a problem with it. Like, I have done the same. Like, literally, we had the same thing happen with me and Graham Rahal, like in Barber, right? Round the outside of a hairpin, I get run off the track. No penalty. The stewards actually did come to me the next week, and I don't know if I ever uh, if I ever mentioned this on the podcast, but uh, Max Pappas and Ari Lindai did come to me the following weekend at the NDGP, and they're like, "Hey, uh, we're sorry. We, we probably should have penalized Graham there." And so I was like, "Okay, great. Well, that doesn't do anything for me now." But I, I appreciated their honesty on that. Um, but but if that is a penalty, if that should have been penalized, then then there was no penalty. So there there's just a lot of confusion on what the rules are I, I i would say and and what was penalized which was interesting and i and i kind of want to give people a an idea on this you saw pato award uh block santino and, and kind of put santino off on the straight now that is dangerous like that is why they penalized that a lot of people asked why was why was pato penalized and why was joseph not or why was renus not the blocking on the straights at let's say 175 miles an hour, that is dangerous. Like if if Pato makes that move any more aggressive, Santino crashes at 175 miles an hour, like it becomes a big shunt, and there's no runoff there either. Like it was just grass. So uh, there are differing levels of, I would say, being doing bad things, <laughs> but. It, it was more, and and maybe as someone who had, I, I don't watch the races after I'm done. I, I don't watch them. So I haven't seen all of the stuff that's happened this year, but I know that I've been a, a victim of several things this year. And I have also run people off like Joseph did to Christian Lundgaard. Like I did that to Santino at the NDGP, like, because that's how we race, right? He's, he tried to stay on the outside. Nope. Run him off. But that's how, but that's how we're racing. If we're not going to get penalized, that's how it has to happen. So didn't stop anyone, but that that's kind of what we, what we've got going on right now. What what do you think, Ben? Uh, one thing I noticed this year too is, and this could be I've seen this from Pato probably the most is the late moves, the late like under breaking, like dive down in there. Do you think because of that, it's harder for them to judge if it's a racing incident or not? Because if you make a late move, but you're still kind of under control, but you still dive down in there deep because you argue there's more room for it to be called a racing room versus just flat out your side by side and you just run them off. I mean, I think there's, if you look at a lot of different incidents, there's, there's, Oh man, he really tried. And he also tried to get out of it. And maybe that wasn't like intentional, you know, I, there's a hundred different ways you can look at it. Sadly, it's a very opinionated type thing. Like if you are on the inside and you run the car that's on the outside off the track, that is your fault. Like, that's not that's not the person on the outside's fault. Like, technically, when there's room to race, we as race car drivers are going to use that room, right? And I, I think even Joseph, like, when he came together with Alex Pillow, uh, when he was passing him into turn six after the hairpin, like, just boom, gave him a quick little hip check, 
uh, that could have been bad. I mean, that could have ruined Alex's race right there. Alex somehow got, you know, got control of it. Um, but there's definitely a lot that's happening that a as a fan who watched it on the outside, I was a little disappointed. I was like, man, uh, if, if I see some of this stuff happen, I know as a driver, I'd be like, I don't know how that guy isn't getting penalized. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, it just looks silly. It just doesn't like, we love to see good racing, but I would have rather have seen those guys go side by side up the hill or, you know, Joseph and Christian, or, you know, I would have rather seen, uh, if you make a mistake, like, Hey, sorry, but that's, it is what it is. But to see like Renus get penalized for an unsafe release and not what happened on the track. I mean, it, it just, it just looks strange to, to throw some penalties in. And the pit lane stuff is important because, you know, we got guys flying around there, guys and girls flying around in the pit lane. So that, that I understand. Um, but there was just a lot there. The, the, the Santino Pato thing, I understood blocking is, is definitely, a, a you know, something that is, is very, very, uh, you know, important to, to, to keep track of because we, we, we can't cause massive accidents at fast tracks like that. Um, but a lot of the cars that were running each other off the road, um, it was, it was definitely interesting to watch. Uh, a lot of mistakes were being made. You'd see, you'd see cars, you know, Augustine Canapino had a big off on the last corner, uh, early on in the race. Uh, Grosjean had dropped the wheel, uh, you know, in, in the entry to turn two or what three, depending on what track map you look at. Uh, really tough day for him. Uh, a lot of people had tough days. Benjamin Peterson had a great qualifying. Uh, Benjamin Peterson even put up a video, which I love, of him bump drafting one of the Yunkos cars down the front straight. I think it was Augustine. That. that was super cool. Yeah. I loved that. I mean, that that's that's what uh, we've all done that in open wheel racing at some point. I, I remember doing that in, in GP3 in 2012. Antonio Felix da Costa and I, uh, we, we've done that before. If you don't have space, and you're trying to go, and you see your nose line up to that uh, rear crash box, sometimes you kind of just want to push him. Now, it can go really bad, but it can also go really well. Uh, I've been pushed before in these cars. I have, uh, and 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 I have pushed people. So uh, I, I love to see that on video, though. Great moves by Benjamin there. Uh, I tried to get him on the show, but he was headed to Iowa today. Um, but, uh, you know, tough to see him get wrecked early on. Like, he, he got moved out of the way. Uh, a lot of people got moved out of the way. Um, we had, uh, Alex Pillow dominating though. W when it comes to the actual performances of the race, uh, it seemed like strategically Colton and his group, th there, there was a bit of an issue there. Uh, cause Colton was dominating. Colton was out front. Uh, he had pretty much led the whole way, uh, doing everything that he needed to do. Um, but it seemed like that strategy, the tire wear, the fuel number, uh, just was not, was not happening. Uh, and that's that's a that's a tough thing as a driver. You could tell in his interview afterwards he was he was very upset by that um, because letting you know having wins uh, feel like they're right there in this sport and then go away, I'm sure is 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 a real is a real difficult one. But Alex Pillow, I mean, dominating on a level that we haven't seen in a while in the championship, um, the guy's killing it. I mean, the whole Ganassi team continues to kill it. I mean, Scott Dixon. Um, 23rd to 4th, Marcus Erickson never finishes outside of the top 10. Uh, Marcus Armstrong led the race for a little bit. I'm yeah, not he sure was strong what early. happened he, he was very strong early. I think, I think he, got he went off I think sequence. he had a spin. He might he have had a spin, a, too. He was yeah. off sequence, but I believe he had an off or had yeah. a spin somewhere. Yeah. Um, which, you know, which can happen, right? But he was definitely up in the top three early on. Uh, and all the McLaren cars, again, seemed to be fast. Again, Felix Rosenquist had a... I actually looked at the running order after he got fired off the track and I all of a sudden he was like 10th again. And I was like, well, how did, how did that happen? <laughs> there yeah. was a lot of people who kind of the strategy was a shuffle around, mm. uh, kind of like it made me really miss racing because these situations I enjoy is kind of shuffling around and strategy and things like that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, there was, there was a lot that went on. I thought it was an entertaining race, obviously for the lead at the end, maybe not as much. Um, but there was a lot of good racing throughout and, and I, I, I thought it was a great way to watch. I, I watched all of it, uh, and, and enjoyed it, uh, saw certain cars performing certain ways, um, which was interesting, we will say, uh, and you know, not going to mention, no, 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 <laughs> not going to mention anyone. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it was, there was a lot of, uh, interesting things that happened. A lot of chaos, 
the whole weekend long, a lot of accidents, a lot of a lot of a lot of interesting stuff in the race. Um but, but good racing, I would say, overall. Would you agree? I mean that I agree. great race at Road America. I I loved um the progression from practice to the race of how the rubber is getting put down because that was kind of an unknown because I don't think during the testing they had enough cars and had enough time to put a lot of rubber on the track. So I was really interested to see what cars kind of came and went with that. I know Rossi kind of struggled with the reds, it seemed like so. I mean, they easily, I think they were all fighting for like back after the podium at some point. So I know they were like fifth, sixth, and eighth or something at one point. So yeah, I had I, Rossi as my winner, honestly. Yeah. I thought Rossi was going to win. He led mm -hmm. every practice session. Um, but it just goes to show you, though, how different qualifying and race setups can be. These tires this year are definitely very temperamental, it seems like, depending on where you go and depending how hard you push them. Uh, you know, cambers and the way you develop mechanical grip is definitely uh, a, a key part of that. Because a lot of different teams, you know, we all get the same tires, but you see teams like Ganassi destroying tires at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We had tires at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that were uh, on some cars, you know, really, uh, really getting beat up. But that's just how the, those teams are running the car. So mm -hmm. a, a lot of the way each team runs, run, runs the cars, um, you know, affects the tire life. So maybe McLaren has that ultimate one lap pace has really good one lap pace but in the race that that might be a thing that they need to you know find but Pato against sneaky good race um both Foyt cars making the top 12 in yeah. qualifying as well yep. I thought was a big step forward for them on the weekend um massive step forward so uh was happy for for that team um and and yeah a lot of interesting stuff so Glad we got into that. Glad we got to cover it. I, I still haven't seen any ratings yet from the race. I assume we will get those because we, we had to record today on a Tuesday because I am uh, driving the IndyCar two-seater all day tomorrow, which is, uh, you know, life has really thrown some curveballs at us, and now I'm back to being a taxi driver again, which I have done before in my life. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would love to see what the ratings were because this is the first race on USA Network, so... We really, we really want to see, um, you know, how that plays out. But I think for for this show, Nitro Cross, I want to, you know, we obviously, uh, we have a great interview with Travis uh, coming up here in a second. Uh, I, I want to talk full Nitro Cross, uh, give, a, give everyone a little bit of a, a, a heads up on how that whole weekend worked with Dry Ramble Racing. Um, but to introduce it first, we're going to, we're going to go with, uh, an incredible person, uh, a great friend of mine. I, I'm very lucky to be able to call him a, a close friend of mine, uh, Travis Pastrana. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as mentioned, we have a a guest uh, who is very talented. Uh, he is very American. Uh, he is a man that has done many things in life that I will never do. Uh, he has also uh, jumped out of things that I will never jump out of. Uh, he has jumped over things that I will never jump over. But he is also a fellow NASCAR driver this year. Uh, Travis Pastrana, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we have just come off an incredible race weekend, uh, a race weekend that uh, we got to go head-to-head -head against each other, Nitro Cross uh, in Oklahoma. Um, how are you feeling, first of all? No, everything's still in place? All your body parts, everything's Okay. Yeah, everything's good. I actually got, I think I got staff or something from the, you were totally right. Not going on the catapult. I had a little cut kind of at the side of my neck for maybe rolling the car over twice in practice. And like I, yesterday I, I was like, I couldn't move anything. So yeah, got some, uh, some antibiotics should be, should be good. Catapulting into a swamp in Oklahoma might not be the best, but it was so fun. I agree. So I, I did make the decision to not be catapulted into the swamp. Uh, there were many, many things going on at this weekend. Uh, Mid-America, this this complex in Oklahoma. Tell tell the people a little bit about your vision for this track because again, this track. When if you were to be any form of racing enthusiast, if you were to stand where, like on our starting line and look over the facility and see the banking of the corners, see the jumps. I mean, I, I think anyone would have been like, "Holy crap, this is going to be nuts." So tell us a little bit about the vision of this place because the event was literally called Visions as well. But like, the, where it's going to go, what's next for the track, and like, really how how it all started. So Nitro Cross, we've always you know we said cars that fly, tracks that thrill. Um, and we got a call from a, a guy, Jason Robinette, uh, who's taking over most of all 
road, uh, you know, be it ultra four, short course racing, uh, not taking over, but but high tide floats all ships. He's like, let's get everything together and have one amazing event uh, where we're going to have triple backflips and nitro circus and shoot. My, both of my kids raced their first ultra four, <laughs> their first off-road uh, race, and they were just pumped because there was 112 kids, 10 and under, racing this race. Like It was just, it brought so many families together. So Jason said, look, this area, do whatever you want. Like We, we can put in anything. I said, well, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> um, but I had so many ideas, but this thing, I mean, you got a lazy river and a pool with two bars and a big screen TV that overlooks this, this whole area. And I'm like, well, I'd like to see this, this, and this, but I'll never have elevation like this. Like, and, and TV does not do this place justice. As not at found all. Out. Yeah. Um, so the start, I was like, man, he's like, we want to have the best of everything. So like a Crandon off-road, I don't know if anyone's heard of Crandon. Uh, I'm assuming most people that know anything about motors have heard of it and you got a motocross start where they send you know 30 wide into this first turn at like 100 miles an hour now as it turns out connor and i we were the only two that started where i had intended to start everyone else was <laughs> they were kind of sissies to be honest uh but connor we, we ended up in a heat together uh the other car had already flipped or or something previously <laughs> so uh we're perfect four and it was it was good so we got a one-on-one race and uh, it was it was good timing because it was right as the track was starting to kind of blue groove in and kind of like uh, Kenny Brack and then uh, Scott Speed had always done to us in the past, like it was it was this close to the finish. We came in side by <laughs> side, but we started up on this platform and we jumped, you know, probably three four stories down this huge hill at like you know 70 80 miles an hour way further than i expected to i i had not started from this place before and you were like let's do it and i said okay cool and we've got a thousand horsepower in these things and all of a sudden i'm flying off this lip trying to catch you and man i lo- got a little nosier than i expected on on that takeoff <laughs> that means you lifted a little when you were going off the edge because i didn't know what i was doing i was like well here we go i'm gonna follow him i mean Great, the, the incredible start line though. I mean, great idea, right? Because like, if you have this really cool picture, you're basically diving off into a giant arena of battle, essentially, which is what it was. And eventually, though, you want to get some of it paved too, because I, I know a lot of our fans, a lot of people who listen to this podcast, they tuned into Rumble, they checked it out. A lot of people, uh, I got a lot of messages from a lot of different people that that watched. And I guess the next step is to have some of it paved, right? Yeah, so I, I want to. We were supposed to have that all concreted. We had ten days straight of rain. Um, we had so this dirt out here is just rock. So we found a kind of a vein of clay, and we were just out here. I was like a kid in a candy shop. I was in this big old Tonka truck. But we could. It took five thousand trucks, actually a little over five thousand trucks, to get this whole one point three mile track covered in the amount of clay that we needed, um, which took longer than I expected. Math not really my thing. So we could get four truckloads <laughs> an hour. And you can do the math on that. 5,000 truckloads. It was two months. All my friends, basically all my construction friends and BMX friends and and, and freestyle friends and car friends, we all took off work basically and just came out and got in big Tonka trucks and were sifting the rock out of this this dirt. We didn't have a great chance to to test the dust pods. Steve Arpin uh, was really awesome to, to hook us up with that. We probably didn't get the process quite right. And it's a mi- 1.3 miles. So it's a little longer than most of our tracks. And to be fair, that I failed on that. Um, we just didn't get it done in time to understand what we needed to do to keep that track going. At the very beginning of the day, it was, I, I don't know, I, I thought it was fantastic. You could go high, low, outsides, insides, and then as soon as it got dry slick, which is probably where you liked it more, other than the fact <laughs> you couldn't see, um, yes. you had to be real smooth with the throttle, and um, which was fun, but it kind of took the outside lines out of the equation because you couldn't charge as hard or get that kind of the in and outs. Um, but the idea is to concrete these big Talladega banked rights and lefts, and we'll have this entire track page where we'll be able to do shifter cars, supermoto, lemons racing, tough truck, Pro 2, Pro 4, uh, Formula Drift, like you name it, we'll be able to run it out there. And, and the Visions event was interesting because they had, you know, 15,000 people here, but most of them are here to race. So while we're racing, you know, we're all excited to have this big crowd. But if we had downtime of 20 minutes to one of the track, everyone went to the pool. They went to the, 
to the bar. Yeah. Dark, they, they, just, they, yeah, they went to party. They were on the, <laughs> you know, the zip lines and the freaking, you name it, they were doing it, which is awesome. But our goal is to bring all this racing to basically that nitro cross track and to be able to have ways to bypass the big jumps for certain classes or to go around the big hills for certain classes. And uh, shoot, I want to be out there with shifter carts, man. That'd be a blast. That that would be insane. I mean, I, there, there's so much elevation, and I I can't really express this to people enough. But the pictures do not do it credit for sure. Uh, when I first looked at the jump, I have not done jumps before in a vehicle. I, that's uh, very new to me. Um, and people like people said to me, since it's not a gap jump, that I can just go over it. And I said, well, if I go over it, that doesn't mean that I'm gonna do it. Like I just I had I felt like I had to do it first try which is what I did, and you told me a certain amount of speed to do it in, and I think we needed a, a hair more than that. There might have been some some confusions on, on on numberings of the dash, but it was crazy to do those jumps. I, I thought the, the jumps that we had uh, was were very cool. Like, you had a combination of jumps. You had little jumps. You had a giant one that freaking you flew for forever. I feel like I was the first one to really try to fly towards the trees, but landed on all fours. Um, so I do see so much potential in this track. And surely, you obviously, people know that Dana White is now you know involved in the series, heavily involved. Um, he was there as well. I didn't get to talk to him at all, but what did you think that he saw there? Surely he was impressed by like, hey, this is round one. This has got to be really cool. Like we can we can do a lot with this. Was he Was he pumped about it? The great part about Dana is he wants to see a show. From the exactly. moment he arrives, the moment he leaves, and I feel like, you know, he's like, we need more pavement. We need more concrete. I was like, look, the concrete's kind of untested, but I believe we can make concrete like dirt. And, you know, it can. we'll have cars sliding. We'll have, you know, we can make polished concrete on the inside, add water where it's like a skid pad on the inside if we want to add, you know, mix things up, no. make it more technical. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. um, you know, work more grip on the concrete on the outsides um you know at the pavement you know when we want to have that that more grip um i want to see action on the track 24 7. i'm there i want to be entertained so i feel he wants tougher cars uh he wants drivers that are willing to send it um you know that from the back row he doesn't want any of this first row drive off the the ledge stuff he wants gap jumps he wants spectacles and uh, I think all of this can be a positive. It will our sport will get slightly more scary, but it will get a lot more entertaining. Yeah, I I mean I'm with him on that. I, I respect it. Although as someone who had to look at that jump for the first time, I was like, man, I really hope this doesn't suck. I, I but it's funny you do get used to it. I I actually enjoyed the fact that after like a couple runs, you kind of you got that. A lot of us in racing, we have that little like that that kind of sixth sense of like we understand things subconsciously so like i wasn't looking at down at my dash anymore for the speed i kind of knew what speed i was doing the only time that you looked at it was like oh now there's water on the track and i don't know if i'm going as fast so i better hit the throttle but for the rest of the schedule now right like we got number one out of the way uh on to the rest uh do you think uh, the the rumble partnership i thought was great people loved the drone shots um, what can we expect, I guess, as we go forward? Obviously, Salt Lake is next. I, I My team is trying to get me to do the rest of the season. I hope we have – I think our spa, our sponsors enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to you. I appreciate your your help in setting that up. But people are pumped about it, which is great. So are you, are you guys have to be excited for where it's going. First weekend out of the way, fine-tune some things, and then keep on trucking. Yeah, so we know what we have to do for the rest of the tracks in the championship. We've been there. We understand what works for certain dirt, doesn't work for other places. Um, and we understand that the next track has potentially the worst dirt on the planet. So when we got done this race, Dana White says, okay, concrete trucks in route tomorrow, like <laughs> pavement trucks. I'm like, look, I'm 99% I'm sure this will work. It's never been done. We've never had concrete berms like i mean there's there's a couple tracks that have experimented with some stuff here and there um but we're all in and we're gonna you know the sections we we don't want it all pavement but that's what's cool about nitrocross is that i do want a track that's all pavement i want a track with no jumps 
I want a track that's all dirt and all jumps, which is what Phoenix is. Phoenix is is fun. I think uh, Chase Elliott was a little shocked last year, but then at the <laughs> same time, Kyle Busch got a fourth in Phoenix. He hated flying. He never landed the car flat, but didn't care. He was in the right place at the right time. He did more homework between um, him and uh, Scott Speed. Those two never got off the computers on just working to, to get better, and they, they ended up second and fourth that round, so it just goes to show you. But long story long, I want people to shine and different vehicles to shine and different aspects of or different tracks as you go. Um, so this next track might be, I would say, hopefully, if uh, Dana has his way. And honestly, I have my way and we can get the funding and get this thing built. Uh, we'll have probably 80 uh, percent mixture between pavement and concrete, um, which will be a pretty high proportion for what we have. But we'll still have the big gap jump. So that's what we were missing Good. at this round. I feel <laughs> like, yeah, you're you're ready. Come on, Connor. You did Absolutely. a gap jump with no seatbelt in the back of a limo. This is also true. Yes, I, I but I wasn't driving. So and neither were you, of course. So I, I, you know, we were we were just doing the research, and I was I was that was my spectating. <laughs> ben has a question for you, Travis. Travis, I just want to say thank you for being an American hero, badass, and everything. Uh, I love everything you do, so I just want to get that out of the way. Um, I want to Thanks, ask ben. about what what's been the the work and development of bringing electrical racing to dirt because I know it's been a new thing the past few years. How has that been different from what you ran of anything you ran in the past? I mean, Connor could probably answer this as well. I once you're in the vehicle, like we have three gears, we really don't use first much because we got a thousand horsepower, so. It, it carries the, the gears pretty well. So between second and third. Um, but you can, as a driver, you can still hear the electric. And honestly, you hear the motor. And you can hear, um, you know, the tire grip and, and everything. I actually feel almost more kind of in tune as sliding with this car, um, even on the starting line and that kind of stuff, which was weird at first when we were in Sweden and one of the guys was, uh, and the spectators was yelling, yo mama jokes. Um, and I was like, I should not be hearing this. Like, this is a thousand horsepower. This should be, you know, kind of drowned out at this point. But, um, what I like about it is that the cars are exceptionally fast, actually scary fast to the point where there's been a couple drivers in the series that have said, this is too dangerous. This is too fast. Uh, luckily we have Dana White, um, <laughs> and kind of those backers saying, look, we'll do whatever we can to make it safe, to make the track safe. But it, if it's not quicker, faster, more exciting, a little scarier um, for the drivers. Electric's not going to work for us, for our demographic. Um, I still want more motorized stuff. We had Volkswagen Bugs. I thought was one of our, you know, the Class <laughs> 11 was one of our best races this weekend. Um, you know, we're still doing the the light cars. Um, I'd still like to see supercars, but Subaru is the only one that's, as a manufacturer, that's putting anything into... Um, anything but electric right now so it's very very difficult for teams to get sponsorship to go race anything that's not electric with rallycross we're able to do really short races so we can get maximum horsepower and you know get them back on the charge and you know continue doing this all day as opposed to you know an hour or a long distance race where that's not really an option so i i i haven't told you this yet but doug bowles my my in my family obviously they were watching all weekend Everyone loved it. And I talked to Doug Sunday, right, when I got home, and he's like, man, we got to figure out a way to get that series to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I mean, are there a couple places that – are there a couple places like that that you think would be – Doug had a lot of really cool ideas about using some of the spectator mounds that they've got as jumps and then trying to figure out ways to do, you know, certain things. So there's got to be a couple places that, you know, you have in your mind that might be pretty cool – to add to the schedule, right? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, they're, <laughs> they want to get Indianapolis. They want to get Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. we, we need we need more teams uh, that have access to a track uh, where they can get testing, where we can test drivers. Uh, Oklahoma, this is going to be phenomenal once it is paved, concrete, once we can have this track where it doesn't take so long to get it prepped just right so that, you know, teams can come out and test. Um, you know, having said that, I was... Uh, um, shoot uh darlington right what's the the real yeah if you look at darlington right as you go in um there's a huge hill 
Now, NASCAR weekend, cup day, <laughs> it's all full. But I'm looking more for kind of the natural terrain. Now, there's so much you could do, and you can bring in dirt, and you can make really awesome stuff. But I feel like what's cool about our series is, is that I'm thinking outdoor motocross. I'm thinking, what can we do with the terrain that's already there and make these off cambers and make these berms and make these huge jumps downhill where you're not, or uphills, where, you know, the car's not that far off the ground, but if you want to fly it, you know, you can fly two, 300 feet. I mean, that is fun as a driver. And when we start working on, you know, these tracks, it can't just be for nitro cross. We have to start thinking, how can we have more forms of racing so that if, you know, say Doug wants this, Hey Doug, how you doing buddy? I hope you're listening. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, Indy would be phenomenal. Um, but we have to figure out a way that if they're going to spend some money, or even if we come in together with nitro cross, um, you know, and Indy motor speedway, how can we use this year round for whether it's testing for teams or whether it's um, short course racing or um, lemons or, or whatever to make this something where, you know, and I think once we get people out there on that, that track uh, here at mid America and they actually see how steep and how big these hills are and they have a chance to drive it, they're going to be that much more excited to watch the racing when you're like, dude, that jump, <laughs> that's 200 feet. Like it looks okay on TV, but when you go drive it, you're like, what the hell are you thinking? It's incredible. Yeah, I, I I love it. I think there's so much potential for it because, as you said, the short races, people are always looking for entertainment. You got to have stuff that makes people go like, oh, my gosh, this is nuts. Um, aside from Nitro Cross, right, you like to do a ton of things. There are many things on your schedule. Uh, world champion dad as well. You got a lot going <laughs> on there. Uh, the family is busier and more talented than I will ever be in my life. Um, but what's other than Nitro Cross... Are we still racing boats this year? What else What else is on your schedule? Because we had the Daytona 500, which was awesome. We got to do that. You did an incredible job. I circulated. Um, but you, I mean, what else is on your list this year? Is there anything else that might be a goal that you haven't got in set in stone yet? Are you going to come truck racing with me in mid-Ohio? What are we doing? Now, Nice huh. Motorsports, those guys, I love, I love Al Nice, Cody. Al actually helped us with, we didn't have the, the water trucks. We couldn't get around the yeah. track. And he's like, dude, I've got like a monster truck that we put a, um, you know, water system on. So they, they got us all set up. But um, long story long, this next weekend, I'm doing a race that I invited you to, which you respectfully declined. Yeah, um, I, I can't do that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So it's a stack. Well, I wanted someone that could either throttle with some common sense or that could steer and not kill us if I was throttling too fast. So I was, it was looking out for my own safety. <laughs> But this next weekend, uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan, we'll be doing uh, uh, everything from racing buses and semis to a stacker car race, which the driver on top, the car welded to the top of the other car has the steering. And the one on the <laughs> bottom has uh, the, the throttle and the gas, which is, with all of my friends, a really horrible idea, no matter how you stack it. Absolutely. No <laughs> um, the weekend after that, I wasn't going to do any boat racing. I promised my wife and kids that I was going to spend more time home. But... <laughs> Um, one of my best friends growing up, uh, he went and became like six time world, uh, offshore powerboat champion. And the reason that I even got into powerboating and actually current UIM offshore powerboat champion in the top class from last year. Um, but I broke my back at the beginning of last year and he filled in for me and he won the first race. So he's like, dude, you were on the best team, the best boat. I would have kicked your ass. Uh. So a boat became available. Uh, with uh, JT, he's phenomenal throttleman. So I'm going against my team from last year with a boat that finished third in the first round. Now my my friend did win uh, with the team in the boat that I was on last year, so <laughs> they could be the favorites. But uh, going down to uh, Sarasota here in two weeks, and then after that we're going to Goodwood. Uh, we got the uh, the family Huckster. I wanted to get wider set of like tires on there, bigger Yokohamas to uh, get some more traction. But I think we got the same car. It's tough to win. With 960 horsepower, um, <laughs> I, I know that sounds odd, but uh, yeah, that, especially that Batmobile is just ridiculous. Um, and then going uh, with Arpin and Crafton the weekend after, we're going uh, late model. We got like a, a one-on-one battle. I'm not very good oh. when I get in the mix, but I feel like if it's one-on-one, you know, I maybe stand a chance. Yeah. Probably not. Late model racing. All right. Yeah, maybe I'll, 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 send, I'll send you an invite to that one. And after okay. that, I get my knee replaced. So oh. then I get some time off. What? Oh man! All right. Well, 
I, I, that's probably good because I think that knee, uh, from what I've seen in the past, it probably could use some work. So that you know what, new knees. That's like here's to new knees in 2023. I respect that. <laughs> Travis, uh, thank you. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I appreciate you even coming on here to uh, to discuss this with us because I feel like the people needed to know. Uh, I, I'm, I've talked on this episode a little bit about it already. Uh, Dry Rainbow was a great team to be with, and I appreciate your help and and kind of. Uh, ushering me into the system, um, and uh, and it was amazing. So, great work. I think we all know that it's going to be successful. Uh, I'm sorry that I couldn't stay Saturday night. Uh, we had to get out of there before the storms came, um, but amazing stuff overall. So, so we appreciate you being here, and uh, I hope I get to do more. I really do. I actually lost a dollar on you, um, and oh. it, was, it was it was it was my fault. Like I I had you. I mean, I know I'm not supposed to gamble on it, but no. just because as that track started to get slicker and slicker and your times were coming up and coming up and at the end they just watered it, they Bad. just did whatever. And it it was not, it was a rally driver's oh. dream. It was not a a, a pavement racer's dream. <laughs> when I when I hit the brakes in the first corner when we started that final and I went left instead of right, I was like, oh, I have no idea what's happening here. I don't know. Connor was back. Connor Martell was backwards sliding into the entire field of cars. And then I, it was a tough one for me. It, it was a steep learning curve. And I thought I had a hold of it. And then I got to the final and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing again. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they just wanted to keep the dust down. It was, uh, it, it was, was, I mean, I understand the, it. <laughs> one of the scariest things, but nobody clouded the first time. I know. Connor, well, you're the other Connor, Connor, uh, yeah. Yeah, Martell, he hit the brakes same how you did and you went left and he just turned around backwards and went straight up to Talladega right in between yeah. the entire field and no one collided Fantastic. it was perfect it was the per like no everyone finished too so I was like oh wow this is great incredible field of drivers there Travis thank you so much um we're all going to be tuning in on Rumble and I hope to be there for the rest of them but uh yeah you're the man thank you so much thanks for coming out thanks for sending it thanks uh this sport is not for every driver, but uh, you came through with flying colors, and you lost me a dollar, but the rest of it was was pretty good. We'll figure out a way to get that back for you. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing conversation there with Travis. Um, honestly, I, 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 I that person has done more for me in my life than uh, than than a lot of people that I've known for a lot longer. Uh, he has immediately wanted to help as soon as the news uh, of my um departure from the IndyCar scene uh came out he he wanted to help uh literally brought some great people together to uh to sponsor our car uh over the weekend in Nitro Cross um and and it was a great experience i mean getting to drive for Dry Rainbow they have an incredible partnership uh with a with a team uh, a european team uh who i mean everyone very high level professionals a lot of guys that worked at the Indy 500 um, you know, my engineer for the, for the Nitro Cross weekend, he was, uh, he, he engineered or helped, he was assistant engineer on, on Stefan Wilson's car slash Graham Rahal's car, uh, for the Indy 500. So he had, he had a great appreciation for the Indy car stuff. Um, but just great people. I mean, Dennis Reinbold, uh, we, the people holsters savage for him, uh, eight eleven group. Um, you know, we, we had a lot of supporters that, uh, that were on our side. Um, and I started the weekend, first session. We had first practice. We were going to have a test day on a Wednesday. I got there Tuesday night. Uh, we recorded our show Tuesday. I almost missed my flight after recording our show last week. Uh, literally, I walked up to the plane two minutes before it was supposed to depart uh, and still made it on. So that worked. Um, but uh, we were supposed to test Wednesday and it got rained out. So this new racing experience that I was excited for, uh, no longer a test day. Uh, we got to do one session on the Thursday, which, uh, which did help. But I started about eight seconds off the pace, like very difficult, long lap in these cars. Uh, it was like the longest dirt racing track, rally racing track that they had, they had ever had really. So, you know, about a minute, minute 30 seconds ish, uh, you know, without the Joker, um, you know, minute 20 with the Joker, the Joker, Joker lap is a lap that we take once every race, uh, for those that aren't familiar with the rally cross stuff. Uh, the Joker lap was about 9.5, 10 seconds quicker than the regular lap. Um, and so I was like, all right, 
I, I looked a little lost in my first session, but kind of kept getting better. Uh, by the next session we got to do on Friday, we got a little bit quicker. Uh, time practice, which was sort of like qualifying. Uh, we were now within the same second as as the field. Uh, well, as the as the next uh, slowest car, which all these guys were experienced guys uh, in 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 the race series, uh, very experienced guys actually, um, and just kind of kept feeling it out. Very difficult for me to you know use the handbrake to rotate. A lot of handbrake stuff. The electric motor was interesting. Uh, using just second and third gear uh, with no engine noise, very very interesting as well. Uh, you have to upshift, I would say, earlier in the corner to fully get the torque, the 1,000 horsepower torque out of the turns. Uh, there were certain speeds that you had to use to hit the big jumps, um, but you always wanted to make sure to be on the throttle going over the jump to keep the nose up. Uh, just so many small things that you were trying to do, um, and, and the track changes every run. Uh, obviously, dirt can, can be affected by the sun, how, how, how much they water it, how much they churn the dirt overnight. Um, very, very interesting stuff. And, and some situations, you know, when the dirt was fresh, the track was freshly prepped in the morning, uh, the dirt had a ton of grip. And then as it gets slicker and slicker, that seemed to actually, uh, suit me. Um, you know, we, we kind of started our, our, uh, our, our races, um, by, you know, I, I finished third in my first little qualifier race. You know, there's four cars finished third, uh, was, was right on the two guys in front of me. Uh, which were two really experienced guys, Fraser McConnell, who ended up winning the race, and and Chris Meek, who's a rally legend, um, and then got to go head to head against Travis, which was so much fun. That was my favorite part of the weekend, uh, just a head to head battle with Travis. Uh, I posted the clip on on my TikTok on Instagram, uh, just the last lap uh, battle. Basically, I had to put in qualifying laps. If you're leading, which he was leading at the start, he takes the Joker, gets a 10 second lead. And then I had three laps to try to make up a bit of a gap and then use my joker lap on the last lap to get right next to him. And we did. And uh, and he wasn't messing around at all. Um, but it was really cool to be able to finish it, finish close to him, race with him. Uh, that was my most fun part of the weekend. And uh, and then we had to race our way in in a last chance qualifier, an LCQ, uh, which, again, I made a mistake in the LCQ. I, I, I had a rough uh, a rough second corner. They had watered the track down a little bit. And I had a half spin, very dusty, couldn't see anything. Um, but uh, but again, the car in front of me blew a tire. And and I made up a ton of speed, a ton of pace in a couple laps. But uh, we were able to make the final. Um, and, and, and that's all that mattered. I just wanted to make the final because a lot of these guys were super experienced. Um, it was awesome to make the final. I, I, I felt so good. Uh, eight cars made the final, and there were there were twelve that had started that weekend. I believe or eleven that started that weekend. Um, and uh, and yeah, did you get to watch much at all on Rumble there, Ben? What did you think of it all? I watched a little bit. Um, I did go to a concert on Saturday, but I was definitely on my phone trying to keep up with what I could. Uh, I want to ask: Did you get to meet Dana White? And we talk about a little bit of like the whole entertainment fan experience uh, with Travis. But like, what you what maybe like shocked you the most about? like the whole event that got put on? Well, I, the the facility was fascinating, honestly, first of all. Uh, the facility was very high level. Um, I would say the, uh, the, 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 the place probably needs a little bit more work, uh, which is fine, but so many people were there, and like all week, too. Like, this place was so massive that obviously... You had people in campers everywhere. Everyone had a Can-Am or a dirt bike. I mean, I understand where all of Can-Am's business is now. It's right there in Oklahoma. Like I must have seen hundreds of Can-Ams there. Every family had one. Uh, everyone was driving around having a great time. Uh, you know, there were there were off-road trails to do. There was a bar there, like restaurants, um, a, a pool with a lazy, lazy river, as Travis mentioned. Um, so really, really cool. Inter I mean, middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, J. Oklahoma. Um, but, uh, but definitely a place that I, I would love to race at again. I mean, the, the track was unbelievable. Uh, did not get to see Dana White this time. I had met him in Vegas when I went out there for the Nitro Cross, uh, summit. Uh, I, of course, all of my teammates, I had three teammates. They all got a picture with him when he was at the trailer and I have no idea where I was. Um, but, uh, Dana, I, I, I have a lot of respect for him and I really wish I, I could have got to, you know, interact with him. 
Um, he, uh, he's also like, he's, he knows my girlfriend as well. Um, so it, it's, it would have been cool to, to interact with him, but he seemed like he was pumped. Uh, they gave away a UTV, like they gave away a really, a really expensive, uh, off-road vehicle, which was really cool. Uh, he, you know, he got to hand out the trophies to the guys on the, on the, on the podium. Uh, so really cool to have him involved. Um, but yeah, a, a lot there for that sport. There is an, op- there is a potential that I might do the rest of that season. Uh, I don't know what it looks like yet. I don't know what weekends conflict with what, um, but I know the team wants me back, um, which would be amazing. It was awesome to work with those guys. Um, and if the sponsors want to come back and, and support it all, then uh, then then we might have something there. Who knows? Maybe I'm a rallycross guy for the rest of the year now. I don't know. And you said a <laughs> lot of those guys on there worked on the Indy 500 entry. Is that right? Yeah, some of my mechanics and some of the mechanics on the on the team, uh, you know, were 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 all uh, at Indy. Um, because, you know, Dry Ramble obviously runs two very good cars there at the Speedway. So, uh, great to have, uh, interaction with those guys. And I mean, very high level operation. I mean, the, the trucks were very well set up. Uh, the paddock was very well set up. It reminded me very much of a European team that I drove for back in the day. Uh, you know, that the, they have a certain way they operate, which is, which is cool. It feels good. Very, very, very professional. So overall successful weekend. Nice to make the final with a lot of my uh, my friends and and those really really talented guys and my teammate Frazier wins the race so uh, it was awesome to see him win. I have talked to Frazier about maybe coming on this show here soon. Uh, might might get a quick interview with him to introduce the folks to Frazier McConnell, the Jamaican legend. Um, but uh, yeah, that was Nitro Cross. I would say for the weekend. Awesome. We'll have to maybe start adding in more off road and dirt segments. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we'll see if the future holds. So excited about that. Maybe yeah. So that was that was uh you know that was our episode. Um, we're gonna get into the Ricky Treadway Random Indy 500 Driver of the Week. Obviously, we we, we missed Joey this week, um, but we've got a lot of really cool stuff coming up in the next couple weeks. Some great interviews that uh, literally all came together today. Um, so we're gonna kind of be stacking up some interviews. Um, it looks like we're gonna have Will Power potentially next week on the show. Uh, Will Power obviously is uh. Hot off the press from a from a from a wild weekend at uh, at at uh, Road America, um, but uh, yeah, excited to see, uh, excited to chat with these folks. So uh, let's get into the random Indy 500 driver of the week because we are IndyCar fans, we are IndyCar supporters. This weekend, this week, excuse me, I went with the 1949 Indy 500. We went old. 1949 Indy 500 won by Bill Holland, uh, the Blue Crown Spark Plug Special. Uh, and I went with the 15th place finisher, uh, Duke Dinsmore. Uh, Duke Dinsmore finished 15th, uh, born in 1914, uh, passed away in 1985. Uh, so RIP Duke. Um, but I actually, I, I, I am not using Wikipedia this time. I'm using the uh, historicracing.com website, which I don't know how accurate that is. Um, but an American racing driver, Duke Dinsmore, who raced at Indy on six occasions, um, apparently survived a really nasty crash at the Milwaukee Mile in Milwaukee, uh, 1948. Uh, his life got saved by another, another driver, Rex Mays. Uh, that's pretty wild. Um, so Carlisle Duke Dinsmore, uh, from Williamstown, West Virginia, uh, professional career that spanned 11 years. Um, but yes, the 1949 Indy 500, uh, finished 15th. So cool to see and learn a little bit more about Duke Dinsmore. Uh, let's see what else is here. Best finish of 10th. And that was back in 47. 47 for top 10 finish. There we go. Yeah. He had a lot of of mechanical failures. I think he, um, yeah. I think he only maybe finished like one or two on a lead. Well, you know what? Back in those days, mechanical failure still puts you in the top 15. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was was tough for sure. Yeah. Um, But yeah, good to learn about Duke Dinsmore. Uh, And yeah, another successful random Indy 500 driver of the week segment. There's a lot of drivers in the 1949 race that we could potentially focus on. Um, but, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate everyone. Um, thank you. Continue to be a friend and tell a friend about this show. Uh, a lot, you know, weekend off this weekend for IndyCar racing, uh, weekend off for myself as well. I don't know what to do. As you mentioned, Travis, uh, offered me a ride in a school bus. 
uh, and a, a sacker car race, but I am not able to do that this weekend. Um, so we'll see what happens. We got uh, a lot of exciting things uh, in the future. We've got Mid Ohio to look forward to as the next IndyCar race. Uh, NASCAR is coming back to Nashville as well very, very soon. So uh, great stuff. We appreciate you guys listening to the show. Um, and uh, Joey will be back with us as soon as possible. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening uh, to the Speed Street Podcast. There's a new episode of Dirty Mo Doe with Steve Letarte out right now. Head over and follow the show to see what Steve and the guys are up to now. This bit of badassery was made by Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo.